No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David gives a final prayer and charge to Israel. These are his last words. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 on Simply the Bible. I believe one of the greatest needs today is for prayer. The problems of our country are so great. There is so much division, immorality, selfishness, and slander. This call to prayer must begin with the church because we cannot expect the world to pray. If there is one message that is clear in the Bible, it is that God answers the prayers of those who trust in Him and who call upon His name. This is one of the reasons I love to study the prayers of the people God used in the Bible. It teaches me how to pray better and how to secure the power of God to do what we could never do on our own. We find the prayers of David in many places. Many of the Psalms he wrote were prayers. But in 1 Chronicles 29, we are given the last prayer of David. This prayer carried great weight. David praised the Lord for his power, his glory, and his majesty. And he petitioned God for the building of the temple, for the gifts the people were bringing for its construction, and for the reign of his son Solomon. David prayed for his people after he was gone, which is the greatest legacy a person can leave for those whom he loves. Yesterday, we began this prayer, which begins in 1 Chronicles 29.10. If you didn't catch it, then go online to 94.1 FM to the archives or listen to the Simply the Bible podcast. You won't want to miss any of this amazing prayer of David. We continue now in 1 Chronicles 29.16. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer to you. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart toward you. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes to do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. David continues here his prayer by saying, Lord, all this abundance that we've prepared, all of these offerings that we are giving to you for the building of the temple, we've only given that which is from your hand. It's already yours. We're just giving that which already belongs to you. And then he said, I know that you test the hearts and you take pleasure in uprightness. That is what God does. He knows our hearts. He sees them. He searches them. And he takes great pleasure in in uprightness. We have the ability to 
please the Lord simply by having a heart that's focused on him and on his word. Now, as David looked out and he saw all of the people so willingly giving to the Lord, all of one heart and one accord, it couldn't help but make him glad. You know, this is the heart of a shepherd as he looks out and he sees his people worshiping the Lord, giving gladly to the Lord, and there's no greater joy than that. The Apostle John wrote, I have no greater joy than that my children walk in the truth. And then David called upon the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel to keep this forever in the thoughts of the heart of the people. That is that they would always have this love for the Lord, always delight in giving to him, and that the Lord would keep that forever in their minds and in their hearts. And finally, he prayed that the Lord would give his son Solomon a loyal heart to keep his commandments and to follow through on the command to build the temple. Now, how are we to apply this today? We don't have a physical temple. There's no longer a temple made with human hands. That was destroyed in 70 AD. In the New Testament, we are the temple of God. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6.16, For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And that's the amazing thing. No matter where we meet, if we meet in the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus said, I'm there in your midst. And we become the temple of God. And even as they were bringing their offerings to build up the physical temple, so we bring our gifts to invest in one another in the building of the spiritual temple, the church. Verse 20, Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God, so all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the king. David gives the command to the assembly to bless the Lord, which they did. Now, it's interesting to me that usually we think of blessing as something God does for us. He gives something to us. And if we bless someone else in the name of the Lord, we're wishing that God would do good to that person. But here we can actually bless the Lord himself. And that's what David was saying to do, just to bestow this goodness upon God through our praises, through our worship. And that's what they did. They bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord, which is the meaning of worship in both the Hebrew and the Greek. It means to to fall down before the Lord and thus they blessed him. And they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the next day. A thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. Now these were some amazing sacrifices for burnt offerings, there were a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs, and the burnt offering was the offering of consecration, where they would put the entire animal on the altar. None of it went to them, none of it went to the priests, it all went to God, 
showing that, God, we are giving all of ourselves here to you. But then they also had other sacrifices, sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. No doubt these were peace offerings. And with the peace offering, a portion went to God, a portion went to the priest, and a portion went to the people. So it ended up being just a great barbecue, a festival, uh, a joyful time before the Lord. And no doubt there was great gladness because they had given great gifts to the Lord in bringing forth the gold, the silver, the bronze, all of the offerings for the temple. And Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is, you're going to get lots of joy when you give. And that's what they experienced that day as they gave to the Lord and feasted together. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time and anointed him before the Lord to be the leader and Zadok to be priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David, his father, and prospered. And all Israel obeyed him, all the leaders and the mighty men, and also all the sons of King David submitted themselves to King Solomon. So the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. So we see here Solomon was now anointed for the second time. You'll recall from our study in 1 Kings that the first time Solomon was anointed as king, it was because of an emergency kind of circumstance. David's son Adonijah had taken it upon himself to pronounce himself as king, and General Joab and Abiathar, the priest, were supporting him in that. But God had said to David that Solomon was to be the king. And so David, with Nathan's help, and the priest Zadok anointed Solomon as king, but it was under emergency kinds of circumstances. Now, here this was more of a celebratory uh, event, uh, a coronation for Solomon, and everybody participated, everybody was behind Solomon, all the leaders and mighty men, and also all of the other sons of King David submitted themselves to Solomon. And uh, Zadok was the priest here. Abiathar, the other priest, having now been set aside, no doubt because of his alliance with Adonijah previously, but also because he was a descendant of Eli. And God had said that Eli's descendants would be cut off from the priesthood. There is a reference here of how God exalted Solomon exceedingly and bestowed upon him royal majesty such as never been seen before, and even Jesus referred to the glory of King Solomon. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel, and the period that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and 33 years he reigned in Jerusalem. And he died in a good old age, full of days and riches and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his place. Now the acts of King David, first and last, Indeed, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the seer. With all his reign and his might and the events that happened to him, to Israel, and to all the kingdoms of the land. Now, of those books, we only have the book that Samuel wrote, the book that Nathan and 
Gad, who were both prophets under David, their books we do not have. It is interesting that for David and for all of us, the end of things are better than how it starts. You think how David began, he began as a poor, unknown shepherd boy, yet he died with riches and honor. He started out as a giant slayer and he fought many dangerous battles, yet he died at a good old age. And so it is for those who trust in the Lord, how the Lord takes care of us and the end is better than the beginning. Now, I like what John Corson in his commentary writes as a summary of David's life. We come to the end of the life of the shepherd who became a king, the giant killer who invented musical instruments, the fugitive who wrote psalms, the sinner who would be in the lineage of the Messiah. We come to the end of the life of David, the man after God's own heart. And you know what I so love about David is that he was not a perfect man and yet he had a heart after God and I take encouragement from that and you should too because we who are not perfect, God can still love us, he can still use us and he can consider us people who are after his own heart if we will join with David in being seekers after God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Solomon offers burnt offerings and the Lord appears to him telling him to ask for anything he wants. What would you ask for? We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.